We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Steven, great jump cut, 45 seconds. a whole burst to it, 20. Steps a tackle, runs left, 25 still in his feet, 46-yard goal by number 39. Running back, number 29, Eric Dickerson. Johnny Hecker, a high school quarterback, he's got a throw. The fake is on, he's got a first down to Stephen Bailey. Mike Jones made the tackle, and the Rams have won the Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Rams Talk Radio with Derek C. Apollo and Michael Stewart. Welcome to Rams Talk Radio. Well, here we are. I don't have a lot with that one. I wish I had a big perky intro today, Mike. I, I wish I did. But I don't. I, I don't. I, I am kind of speechless after what we've been seeing happening. And we have another game this weekend against a playoff contender. You mean so you don't Mike, have the drum roll and the shout-outs from cheerleaders and the crowd roaring? None of that? Man, I, I'm just I'm just lucky I'm still awake right now. I mean, I, <laughs> I, 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 we didn't uh, do a preview show last week with everything going on. Um, right. On, on my side especially. But my side was like crazy with school deadlines. Uh, but... I was excited to hopefully get a four-hour guy on to have the conversation with them because, in my view, what was going to happen was pretty clear, and that was we don't have an offensive line. The 49ers do, and they also have a defensive line that was built to already give the Rams problems. This is not going to be pretty, and it wasn't. It wasn't, and yet here we go again now a week later, and we're heading towards Another game that's going to be physical with, we're talking, I mean, I don't know if you realize this, the, eight, the Rams have gone through already nine offensive linemen. 
Yeah. Nine. So I'm not even sure how how to go at this because it's not effort. It's it's not like the Rams are entering this game healthy with all their tools there. We can talk about all the problems we see in the game, but when you have this looming issue where we all know, I mean, the cliche, like, games are one trenches. Right, right. Um, the trench is looking pretty rough right now for the Rams. And Man, the trenches are looking like a golf right now. Uh, yeah, and, and when it's not, it's not like technique. It's not, hey, players aren't performing. It's, hey, they're hurt, and a lot of them are hurt. I'm at a loss. I don't even, like, it's, it would be, in my view, I mean, there are things the Rams have to work on. But in my view, knowing that everything runs through the trenches, it's really hard to pick apart this team for other issues when you know what the main issue is, and it's not one that's easy to fix. So maybe you got some thoughts for me, or maybe we just need to get our commercial break here first before we do that to give you a second to breathe on that one. Which one you think? Yeah, let's breathe. I think we should. I mean, we should breathe. All right, let's let's breathe. Hold well, on, folks. Check out our sponsors. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Was that enough for a breather? Was that enough That's for a breather? That's a good one. I think so. That's right, a good right. one. Yeah, so, yeah. All right, Mike. Breathe again. Thoughts. What are you seeing here? And is there hope for this weekend against a team that is missing their quarterback, <laughs> by the way? But they have their offensive hey, line. They have their defensive hey, line. They have Michael Parsons. Hey, you know, some years ago, uh, Jesse Jackson had with the Rainbow Coalition, keep hope alive. Well, there, there's always hope. Uh, if if we make it to the next day, but this hope is diminished hope in the sense of, as you noted, if you have a banged up line, etchy sketchy line, uh, fill in the gap line, uh, another changeable moving part line, going against the defense that now in the defensive front that the Dallas Cowboys have, uh, have materialized the season. Finally, things seem to be coming together. Their defensive coordinator has got those guys playing in a very, very high level. And, uh, you know, I think I had some nightmares last night about what's going to happen to our QB because, man, I just can't see that guy 
having mu- much time to do anything. Yeah, and and that brings together other thoughts, like for example, all the lack of targets Allen Robinson has, and we just we just recorded talking Halos before this, and uh, one of our co-hosts brought up the fact that Allen Robinson and, and everybody's talking about that Allen Robinson with the Rams make a mistake uh, taking Allen Robinson and letting and trading away Robert Woods. I, I don't think that's a fair question to ask because how on earth is Matthew Stafford getting in his progressions right now? How is he having the time to run one, two, three, four, and get all those progressions in to find Robinson? Because he knows where Cup's going to be. He knows exactly where Cooper Cup's going to be. So if you know where your receiver's going to be and you're in trouble, where are you going? You're going to the one you know is going to be there. So I even with that question that you would think does not involve the offensive line, it does. Because when you are half when you when you don't have time to run your progressions. Where are you going? You're going with yeah. what's familiar to you. Absolutely, absolutely. You're going to fall right back to, you know, something that comes natural to you. And the sad thing about it, everyone else knows that. So even though Cooper Cuff had, I think, a decent game towards the end or overall, uh, guys were draped on him like a blanket. And so every catch was contested pretty much. And, you know, everybody knows he's going to him and, you know, these other guys. And then Higby now is a second-tier guy. Uh, But, again, I put this at Sean McVay's feet. You have to be able to make sure guys are getting involved. That comes down to whoever's coordinating, whether it's McVay or uh, forget the actual kind of coordinator by name. But we all know Coach McVay is is running the show. So I I just – I just can't figure out the time that's spent week in, week out game planning that you just can't come up with something a little more effective. I, I do have questions on some of the play calling, given the problems you're having the offensive line. And a lot of that is kind of the simple stuff. It seems to me that in the grand scope of things, the Rams, as they evolve, I mean, and again, to me, football's chess. You know, we can we can keep rolling back the story back. You know, say twenty eighteen when when Matt Patricia and the Lions, we saw the first signs of teams kind of, you know, being able to counter the offense that Sean McVay employed at the time, and they're looking at the Jared Goff, and we saw the Bears and the Eagles, and then eventually the Patriots in the Super Bowl be able to really match it. Then we had a couple of years with some other changes, and we see the McVay offense evolve, and so on and so forth. And so many of the things they were really good at initially, like remember all those tall girly screens. Remember yeah. all those, and you know yeah. the you know the jet sweep. We all remember those jet sweeps. We saw more of them the end of rounds. Um, you know, and it's not the Rams don't do that. Well, they aren't running as many screens. They have the guys for screens, by the way. They have two running backs who could run a flipping screen. But they've gone away from some of those bread and butter things. When you know a defensive line is overpowering you, a good a good screen can really change things. And they're not running those things. They they right. moved away from the things that kept offenses on their backs a little bit. 
the thing they they have gone away from the plays they became known for, and in my view, become more vanilla in how they do things. And when you become vanilla, and then your offensive line is hurt, what do you have to fall back on? So it's almost like they've not evolved, but devolved as an offense. And that's when you have issues like injuries, you have less to fall back on to get around it. Absolutely. There's there's no doubt. And the tunnel screen has been one of the alternatives, but we need more of the old screen, come up into the line, flash to the flat, hit them, let the, the rush come to you, back up, back up, back up, back up, back up, dump it. Uh, go get five, go get 10, make a guy miss, maybe it's 25. But those things when you're running the tunnel screen, it usually is with Cooper Cup, so everybody knows it's coming when he lines up outside, and then they run it, and then the whole defense is stacking him up. So uh, I'm I'm just amazed that they just don't stick with the run a little more. I mean, the run is having some bits of success, but it's almost like, well, we call five run plays in the game. That's all we're doing, as opposed to let's help the line out. Let's let them just come off the ball, go get somebody. Let's keep running it, you know, somewhat until they stop it. But if you're keep dropping back, now this is the sacks. These are the fumbles. These are the force turnovers, interceptions. And uh, that's my fear with this this week coming up with the Cowboys is, if, if you don't figure it out, man, it could be a long day, buddy. And that's kind of what I'm concerned with. I think, you know, yeah, they don't have Dak Prescott right now, but we can also be honest and say Dak hasn't been, I mean, Dak hasn't been great for a while anyways. And all the Cowboys really need is someone who can manage the offense. Well, that's what their dude is doing right now. That's what Cooper Rush is doing right now. So that's it. That's all they really need. They have all kinds of talent, and their defense is improved. Very, We've seen it thus far this year. They're physical. That's the key thing about the Cowboys. That is a physical team. And if the Rams go out there this weekend and get out physical, and they probably will be, they're going to lose. And that's why I'm, I'm flat out. Listen, we make it a big deal for us here to be able to be truthful with our listeners. We're not going to blow smoke here. If we think the team's going to lose, then we're going to tell you that. And I think right now, given the injuries, given the situation they're in, I think Dallas is going to win this game. I have to agree with you, DC, because, uh, again, time is showing us. We kind of, or I talked a lot about uh, third or fourth game being okay. You didn't play any preseason, so you be you should be hitting your stride a little bit more. But that's not the case, and so man, this is when it could get a little bit scary because you lose this game, you lose next week, you got more guys banged up. Now morale starts going south, fingers start getting pointed, and there you go. Well, yeah, season. yeah, but we can also flip it around too. I mean, this is a team that still has a lot of talent there, and one thing that can change real quick is the defense, which is still pretty healthy. I mean, you got some issue, issue with the safeties, 
there's some some problems there. But overall, the front seven's in, in pretty good shape. So you go create a couple turnovers, then things shift again. And that's what the Rams are going to have to do this week. If the Rams have a chance to win this game this weekend, and they have the talent to do it, they need turnovers. They need to force Rush to be to make backup quarterback mistakes instead of just managing the game. They need to put this team in a position where the offense can survive. The Rams offense can survive. And if they and they're capable of doing it. So I'm not gonna say outright, hey, hundred percent lock it in, Cowboys win. I think they do win. But it's not like the Rams can't pull this off. But they need this defense to play better than it has in the first three games of the year. And they need to create more than they have this year. At least they have the time to do it. Absolutely. Absolutely. But those things are just spoken of. You've got to actually see some action on it. Yeah. And right now we haven't seen a whole lot in terms of, you know, those game-changing defensive plays this year. Overall, we've seen a few things here and there, but the defense coming in there and changing everything, that, t- that makes a difference. Offensive line is going to be what it is. You're, you're not going to get around the fact you're, you're at your third stringer in, in some cases here. They're going to be out-muscled by a Cowboys front seven that is healthy and ready to go. We, lot, they, this is not a healthy Rams offensive line. This is a, a offensive line of backups in most of many ways. So what are you supposed to do? You, it's just going to be what it is. And if with just a little bit of luck, some some good plays. And and I also got to be honest, it's not like I have a whole lot of faith in that Dallas coaching staff. I'm not a Mike McCarthy guy. So just want to point that well, out too. there was a great... Uh... Well, one of the articles, there's four, two former coaches, one, three, well, there's three former coaches, one former player that are coaching now with the Cowboys. Uh, obviously, Fossil and Skip Pete are going to have the most knowledge. They were here a number of years and when they did well. And so that could be a little bit of an advantage. Uh, but I think it goes back to what you were saying earlier. We got to make their quarterback a little uncomfortable, get him to make some errant passes because it's kind of one of these things they're due to where he's due to now slip up. The one thing I do like and love is when Jerry Jones starts getting on the mic, things will go south. And he's been now on the mic just kind of being a little bit braggadocious. So that to me is like, hmm, this might be the game that things flip. Uh, unexpectedly for us because every time Jerry gets to start talking too much, the next thing you know, that next game and the team just kind of starts going opposite of where they've been. Mm-hmm. And what's your what is your answer to all that? Though? Like, can the Rams? I mean, let me phrase the whole thing. Can the Rams salvage this season? It sounds weird when you say it two and two. But the most important part of the team, in my, in my estimation, is the offensive line. I'm a trenches guy. Second most important part, defensive line. Then comes your quarterback. That's my, that's my point of view. Your offensive line 
is in trouble. And you got, I mean, the guys who are down are down for weeks. So, is the season south with the league's toughest schedule, given that? Well, I think we have two of the three. You mentioned the D-line, and you mentioned the quarterback. Now, we don't need the offensive line to be, you know, just all pro bowlers going to the Hall of Fame. We just need them to be serviceable. What does that mean? Stop letting guys just run wide open because you're blowing assignments, you know. Get on a guy, hang on him as best you can, and hopefully now the experience of Stafford when we're passing, get the ball out, throw it away, uh, get it to the receiver on time, those type of things. But I think we help the line best. We got to get the run game and stick with that a little bit more and quit trying to, you know, lead with the passing game. So. Is it salvageable? Again, hope. Hope is diminished. It's salvageable, but it's not going to be salvageable unless we make some offensive changes that can help a banged up and inexperienced line that we now have. Gotcha. I mean, I guess maybe there's a little bit of scar in there from 2019. We saw that offensive line in 2019. And the Rams, by the way, finished the year, what, 9-7? and seven? Didn't go to the playoffs, but 9-7 and seven winning record. And they, they were okay. Okay. Team retooled for the next year. Looking at this team, this offensive line, in my view, is even less prepared. Well, less prepared. By the way, if you're listening, you're thinking of being a Debbie Downer, don't think that at all, okay? Because I'm just bringing this up. I actually don't know what I believe. I don't know. I'm really kind of questioning this because I keep hoping that these guys have been prepared for this moment when we see some weird evidence to the contrary. But I don't really... I'm I'm more open-minded, let's just say that. I'm more open-minded than I was in the past. I'm simply airing out the thoughts that go are going through my mind right now after seeing this debacle and seeing where the where it really sits. And that is uh, this is an offensive line where the guys that are hurt, they're being replaced by not just lower round draft picks, but in many cases undrafted free agents who have really not proven anything in the league yet. And it's in the interior. The team already didn't have much of a running game. So that's what's running through my head. Do I, do I make sense, Mike? It's been a long oh, week. Absolutely. So, oh, absolutely. You know, I mean, and, and, absolutely. So I know I get sense. the reputation for being a Debbie Downer. I really do. It's, but in this case, it's really just the importance of calling the offensive line as to why I'm expressing these doubts. Now, can they, can the team go out there and win on Sunday? Yeah. But, yeah I, they, we cannot forget the other talent they have. And this is a Super Bowl champion. This is a team that has pride. Um, one other thing to bring up, though. There's a reason why you have all these lower-round guys or these undrafted free agents. And this is what we've been talking about the last couple of years. Sooner or later, the Rams are going to take their medicine. And when you stockpile 
stars. Aaron Donald, Matt Stafford, Big Mind Allen Robinson to Cooper Cup. You know, when you pay out these big contracts, you're going to have areas of your team where you go cheap. And when you don't have all the draft picks you would like to have to help rebuild the talent on your roster underneath all those big contracts, this is what can happen. Now, that said, the Rams have done a fantastic job masking that in the last couple of years. Last year was phenomenal. You guys had had over $40 million in dead cap money on their raw. They basically won a Super Bowl last year about 40 mil below the salary cap because you had dead cap money. That's incredible. That's incredible. But you, you, I mean, you pay the price for your decisions. You really do. And that's kind of what I'm seeing now is the chickens are coming home to roost a little bit because you never, you don't have a whole lot of high level draft capital behind all those stars you paid the money to. It's just the name of the game. As they say, the nature of the beast. The nature of the beast. It is the nature of the beast. Positives, though. These young guys, they're getting experience. And if the Rams can stay in it to the end, having that experience, that'll be great at the end of the year. If these guys grow from it. I just, man, do I sound, geez, I gotta ask, dude, and sorry, I'm like, am I making, do I sound ridiculous here? I I, I can't help but think, oh my gosh, this podcast, go turn it off. (laughs) (laughs) Serious? No, it's it's gotta be depressing to hear me talk about it, honestly. Well, no, it's not depressing, it's just the facts of life, if you will, so you know, you got to, it's, it's like doing your taxes. You can't avoid it, but only so long. <laughs> so eventually you got to get those bad boys done, send them in on the 15th. And you're going to know usually after you meet with your tax consultant, or if you do them yourself, you know, if you're getting a return or not, hopefully worst case scenario, you break even. But there are some cases where, hey, you may have to pay the tax man and as much as you want to avoid it, eventually you need to do it or run the risk of a lot of other things being negative. So this is where we are. This is where you've been saying it now for a couple of years. We anticipated this at least three mm-hmm. years ago. So unfortunately, you think that the guys that were left over, O-line especially, would be able to do a little bit more than they've done so far. But again, I'm going to put that on lack of preseason because think about it. If you played those four preseason games, or at least two and a half, three of them, uh, you're going to be ahead of knowing what you have and what you don't have. I think everything got evaluated in practice. Practices are more controlled. Uh, So maybe it was fool's gold that they, they were playing with now going into the season. And there's a guy like Micah Parsons on the other side. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And that, that I still think though, that they have a shot at this. Cause I don't know how good this Cowboys team really is. They're not pretty to watch, 
They got players. But they haven't done anything this year that's been outright impressive. You know, beating up Washington, okay. You know, being the Giants, the Giants are 3-1, and one, but it's not pretty 3-1 and one themselves. Rams are at home. I mean, crowd be split. Rams can win this game. This is not like they're outmatched talent-wise. They're outmatched in one important area. So, I'm, I think Cowboys will win, but in my view, it's it's not a given. Not a given. So, I hate that, man. I, I Whenever you play Cowboys, you want that W. You want to call for that W. Right. I mean, I remember some great Cowboys-Rams games when you were playing for the Rams, by the way. I do, by the way. Well, I remember 92. Uh, remember 92? The oh, upset? Sure. Yeah. Hey, tell me about your game that day. Do you remember it? How you played? You know what? That game, I was not in. I had broken my forearm a few weeks before that. So I was on the sideline cheering along. Oh, man. Did you crack a 4 niner in the head that year or something? Is that what happened? Well, uh, uh, actually, a, a New York Giant. Oh. My, my buddy, Stephen Baker. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, so let me ask this question. Kind of, let's leave it on a positive note. All right. And just go back to your football career. Yes. I just want to ask this a little bit. What is your favorite memory as a Ram? Now, don't, give me, don't give me the obvious one either. Like, but your favorite memory? One of my favorite memories is probably has little to do with the game. My favorite memory, probably, if it's not game related, is being able to sit next to uh, a guy named Jackie Slater and hear him talk about the days that I kind of watched them uh, before I was on the team and hear how, you know, they talked about, you know, Mr. Rosenblum and how the team was and, and, you know, just those great games we saw with the Vince Ferragamos and all those things. So that was a real, real treat for me to be able to hear those stories, even the times of him blocking for Walter Payton in college. Uh, and then, you know, Jackie Slater is just a real great storyteller on top of it. So, just being able to ride on the plane, be in the hotels, and and hear him, and sit around in the locker room, and uh, just tell stories was really probably one of the treats I definitely will never forget. Hmm. Worst memory of your career? Worst memory would have to be that Monday night comeback against the Forty Niners. Oh, I remember that one. Yeah, that that has to be one of the East. Like, you got to be kidding me. Yeah. I remember that. I remember being a kid who was up late watching the game, had to go to bed because he had school in the morning. And I went to bed. It was right. 20, I went to bed. It was 27 10 Rams. Yeah. We were and, in fourth quarter. Right. And I'm like, yeah. okay, I can go to bed. I woke up next morning. So I always try to headline news in the morning when we learned to play that night. And I, I sit there and watched the game winning field goal. I couldn't believe it. I was, yeah. I was. Devastated as a little baby, you know, this young man who's a Rams fan watching that. How about your funniest memory from playing the game? Uh, funniest memory, but if shouldn't it be funny, was uh, 
I think it had to be 1990 or maybe it was 91. We're playing the Saints at home. It's right before halftime. But that year, all the DBs, we were getting together and like, oh, man, you know, throw $100 in a pot for picks. So guys were just really trying to get picks that year. And so it's right before halftime. You know, they got to kind of throw up a little Hail Mary. And sure enough, me and Daryl Henley, we go and we knock each other off and the receiver catches it and scores right before half. And I literally looked at him and go, see, that's why I don't do this go for interception thing. I'm going to hit you. But again, that shouldn't be funny, but that probably was one of the funniest things. Like, I cannot believe I'm about to be on a sports center for the next probably couple years because of that play. And sure enough. Yeah. And sure enough. Yeah. Sure, sure enough. enough. <laughs> you know, actually, one of my favorite, um, one of my favorite Rams memories is that comeback in Tampa Bay in 92. Yeah. That was fun. That was, I mean, that was losing season, but that game was fun. I, I, that was my favorite Rams memories. You, how much do you remember for that one? Well, I remember that because uh, it was kind of raining, and I just remember how the crowd was so close to the bench. And, you know, they're yelling over the fence and, oh, you know, you suck, 23, you guys are sorry, get out here, L.A. Lambs. And so, you know, when you come back and you kind of turn around and those guys and go, what would you guys say earlier? And so uh, I just remember that. And then we had to kind of wait for the, the plane because of the weather. But, man, that was kind of fun. It got a little wet. and uh, But, man, we pulled that off. That was a, that was a fun victory. Remember when it, uh, that's to me kind of funny because this was the Bucks at the time. The, at the at the time, the Bucks were, I mean, they were horrible. They were absolutely horrible. And yeah, you had yeah. their fans talking trash to you. Are yeah, we serious? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, from the beginning of the game. I mean, warm ups. And so, uh, because for whatever reason, it almost looked like a high school field down around the field. They had a just a chain link fence, you know, literally it was our our bench and it may have been, you know, eight feet and it's a chain link fence. And so they're just leaning right there. You you almost think you're at a practice field and, you know, they're yelling and, and so but they're like right there. And so that was uh, definitely fun to be able to, you know, come over to the side and, hey, you guys are a little quiet now. <laughs> All right, so before we go, I, I do want to ask the question, because we should. We already heard my thoughts. I, I think the Cowboys are going to win this game. You kind of hint at it, make sure we are clear. Who wins this game? Again, we are supposed to be Ram loyalists, but with all things considered, I, I, I think it could be a long day. I'm looking at a Cowboy. 28 to 13 victory. Good gosh. You're worse than I am. <laughs> I, I can't, you are worse than I am. I have it like 20 to 10. Something like that. No, no I think it's going to be a little more than that. Uh, I, I have a 20 to 10. I hope I'm wrong. Let, let's let, you know, Fingers crossed for being wrong. I'm, I'm okay yeah. with being wrong when it's that. 
All right, folks, follow us on, on Twitter at Talk Rams. Follow us on Twitter at DC Paula and 1D23. And, of course, remember to subscribe where podcasts can be found. I hope this wasn't too depressing for you. Um, if there's any consolation, this is not an end-all for the season. A lot of these guys are going to come back in the next few weeks. If the team can get healthy, they're going to be fine. It'll be all right. I don't know about a Super Bowl run, but this is still a high-quality team that can make it a good postseason uh, run to the postseason at least, and that certainly can still win the division. So there you go. There's my last my last thought. I think that's 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 pretty optimistic, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's good. All right, there we go. Like, Have a great yeah. one. We're out of here. We're out. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style, all for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.